You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive, or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. Shouldn't you be at work? When the seagulls follow the trawler, it's because they think sardines will be thrown into the sea. I will love it if we beat them. Love it. I'll have a low-fat pizza or something like that or a few biscuits and some milk on a Sunday. You can pair up if you like and you can fucking pick someone else to help you and you can bring your fucking dinner. Oh, a magnificent goal from Darren Huckabee! Now, you know him better than anybody probably. Do you back him to score quickly, yes or no? Yes. Hello and welcome to Quickly Kevin. It's the end of Series 9 and as is tradition, we will finish as we always do with the quiz. I'm Chris Skull. Joining me as always, Josh Whittacombe. Hello. And never mind Bob Holness, he's a real blockbuster of a quiz show host. It's Michael Marden. Hello. And our special guest this week, Ivo Graham. Hello. And James Gill. It's lovely to be back. I should say I'm interested in this because Ivo previously has kind of body swerved the quiz for fear that he doesn't have much knowledge of 90s football. Mm. How would you do, Chris, in an 80s football quiz? I think all right. You know, I've been I've grown up on tales of West Ham's famous third place finish in 86. It's not all about West Ham. <laughs> I've got enough knowledge, I think, to survive. James? Really badly. And I also worry that my 90s knowledge isn't what it was since the nippers came along because you, you, some of your passions dwindled out there when the kids come on. There's only so many hours in the day. So I think, yeah. I, I, no, I, I would not back myself at all. I mean, you're talking to men who've created a specific window outside of their parenting to talk about 90s football <laughs> on a sort of weekly basis. That's one way to channel it. This is irrelevant. Have you seen the, the Everton documentary, Howard's Way, speaking of 80s football? Uh, no, I've seen it on... What a boring response. I've seen it on the Sky Planner and thought, <laughs> Mate, not going to happen. I'm going to give it 10 out of 10. 10 gram sharps out of 10. Mate, if you ever, I know it's a 90s, if you ever do that, I would love to cover it because that that documentary, I have no dog in that fight. I'm not an Everton fan. I was, I was practically off my sofa at the end. Peter Reid is one of the funniest people of all time. He, he comes across so well. He's wonderful. There you go. That's something you don't hear very often. Peter Reid is one of the funniest people of all time. I've got some 90s clock news on Peter Reid. Go on. Michael, can I have the jingle? From the headquarters. 
headquarters of ITN News at 10 with Chris Scull. Top story this week. The private life of Peter Reid revealed. Thank you to Tom Jen who sent this in. It's an interview from Peter Reid. I don't have a date, but I suspect it's around about 1990. So we're preparing for some big laughs here. <laughs> OK. <laughs> OK, question one. Peter Reid, if you were invisible, what would you do for the day? Anyone want to guess? Oh, no. Oh, no. Is, is the, are these answers that have aged appallingly in the current climate? It's the opposite of pervy. It's, it's so unpervy, it de- defies logic. If he was invisible for a day, he'd go to a desert island. What? Why? What? What is the logic there? <laughs> Why? Why? It makes he'd go absolutely to a no place. sense. Yeah, you're already Just to wait invisible, for the invisibility Peter. to wear off, so that he doesn't <laughs> cause any issues on the mainland. <laughs> He can only see the problems of being invisible, so he's isolating himself to, to, so not to affect humanity with his special gift. That's like saying, imagine you could fly for a day, what would you do? And they're going, I'd get on a flight somewhere. <laughs> like, what? That doesn't make any sense. How's he getting to the desert island? Yeah, the invisibility doesn't help. The invisibility doesn't help him. If anything, it makes it more difficult because he can't... He's got to find a a boat that's already chartered to go there because he can't order one himself. Is this this like the two Ronnie sketch where they've got... Is it Mastermind where they've got the answers jumbled up with the wrong questions? Well, Peter Reid is obviously... uh, He was originally in the two Ronnies because he's one of the funniest people who's ever lived. (laughs) Mate, Peter Reid! This is a hill I am prepared to die on. As far as James is concerned, the two Ronnies are Woolwork and Jonsson. (laughs) (laughs) Um, what frightens Peter Reed most in the world? Is it uh, losing his rapier wit? <laughs> a hen doing on a Friday night. <laughs> uh, the mortgage rate, for what he describes as obvious reasons. Oh, right. uh, what's Peter Reed's favourite possession? Uh, medal. TV remote. TV remote, which, of course, at the time was a huge step forward. <laughs> Straight in at number one. Oh, dear. They've even included a picture of his TV remote in the interview like for the oh, magazine wow. just to show. It's a big old pad. Last quote, last one. What is, what is Peter Reid's claim to fame outside football? That he's the funniest man in the world. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Notoriously tight Andy Gray buying him a drink at Everton. Oh, lovely. lovely! See that bit lovely, of lovely, lovely stuff. Although, if you have to, if you have to set up that Andy Gray is tight in the setup, I've I've added that on behalf of Peter Reed because I just didn't think it was funny enough. It would just you you you've, you've rewritten wow. Peter Reed's. I've just I looked at that and thought he's not. This is not funny enough. He needs a bit more context here. That he's so what out. what's what's Peter Reed's exact answer? Andy Gray buying me a drink at Everton. Have you tickled up any of the other answers, Chris? When you, when you said mortgage for obvious reasons, was for obvious reasons a skull edition as well? No, it's all there. It's all there. Well, I've, opened a, I've opened a can of worms here. As a sub-editor, he's every writer's nightmare. I, I, I'd be livid if I was Peter Reid and it was printed and that it had it notoriously tight to explain my joke. People would have got this at the end of this interview and thought, Peter Reid's not funny and it's my fault. Peter Reid... <laughs> The last question on this interview, actually, is um, who would you most like to be stranded on a desert island with? I don't know this person. Selena Scott? Who's that? 80s newsreader. She's an 80s newsreader. She's a bit of a sex symbol. (laughs) Selena Scott sat there going, I'm all alone on this bloody island. (laughs) 
I'm just in a coconut float, guys. <laughs> I feel like I'm alone, but I just heard a kind of half-complete anecdote about Andy Gray that needed punching up. You really needed tickling up. <laughs> right, let's do the quiz. But I'll tell you, you can tell him now if you're watching it, we're still fighting for this title. And, and I'll tell you, honestly, I will love it if we beat them. Love it. Right, time now for the quiz. Yes, as is tradition to close out the series, it's the Quickly Kevin 90s Football Quiz. Now, before we start, I shall have the usual disclaimer. There will almost certainly be a lot of factual inaccuracies, so please don't email or tweet me. It's just a bit of fun now. One of them is that Peter Reed's the funniest man on earth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're mostly playing for pride and bragging rights, but as an added bonus, the winners get to also pick which song plays out at the end of the series as well as a bundle of QK 90s football goodies, including a Mark Bosnich low-fat pizza tote bag, a John Collins, Collins John mouse mat, a beef, beef, beef filler enamel badge, a set of Do I Remember This Right post-it notes, a QK notebook and pen, a Vote Claude Leroy badge, and a midi Letters for Town football in the style of the classic Italian 90 Coca-Cola footballs. Right, time for the quiz. Round one is called Big Man, Little Man. As a tribute to great striking partnerships with the 90s, Chris and Ivo and James and Josh will be required to work together to form a formidable quiz partnership. I will ask a series of questions where the answer is a number. The team closest to the correct answer will win the point. However, seeing as we're doing this remotely and the teams aren't able to confer, this is how it will work. Each player will write down the answer on a piece of paper. When prompted, they will reveal their guess. I will then add both the numbers from each team together and divide by two to get the average. That will then be the answer for the team. Closest team gets the point. So, here is your first question. And as a little bit of hopefully help to uh, Ivo as the youngest member of the group, all of these are from the 1993-94 season, which was, of course, Swindon Town's only season oh. in the Premier League. Okay. Question one. You have ten seconds to write down your answer. Remember, no conferring. Swindon Town's first and only season in the Premier League was in the 1993-94 season, where they famously conceded 100 goals. But how many goals in total were scored that season in the Premier League in the entire Premier League how many goals were scored that season okay so we will start with you Josh and please show your workings okay my workings are 2.5 goals a game times 10 games a week times 42 weeks which is 966 James your answer please my workings are I panicked and wrote down 478. You think Swindon conceded over a fifth of the goals scored in the Premier League that season? Uh, the, the, the key word to take away, Ivo, is panicked. Mm. <laughs> OK, Chris, your answer and your workings, please. They might have some bad maths at play here, but if there's 22 teams in the Premier League then, then I think you do 21 times 21 to work out how many games there would be, times 2.2 average goals, which is 970. OK, 970 for Chris. Oh, four off me, Chris. Yeah. 
Ivo, your answer, please. I don't please. like this precision stuff. I just had a big old whack at 1450. 1450. That is quite a lot, obviously. Sorry, James. I too panicked in a different way. Okay, so... Josh and James, your average score is 722. That's low. Chris and Ivo, your average score is 1,210. The correct answer, the total number of goals scored that season was 1,195. Oh, my word. You were 15 off. (laughs) That's incredible. That's incredible. (laughs) Wow. Well done. Excellent. Really good. What a season. Question number two. That same season also saw Oldham Athletic make their only Premier League appearance, relegated one place above Swindon in 21st. Their ground, Boundary Park, had the lowest capacity in the league at the time. But how many could it hold? That's a great question. And you know you us to show our workings by stand. Um... (laughs) So, it, sorry, it was the smallest ground in the Premier League at the time. It's the smallest ground in the Premier League that season, yes. Okay, okay. Uh, okay, so we'll start with you then, please, Chris, and show so, some rough workers <coughs> if you have them. I'm sure that Liddell was 15,000, so it would have to be less than that, so I've gone 13,000. Ivo, your answer, please. Oh, I've, I've, I've pitched it too low, I think, at 8,000. 8,000? Yes, I've pitched it too low. So uh, that gives you an average of ten thousand five hundred. Oh, That's Josh. not too bad. Hey, I'm not. I'm not Josh. unhappy with it. Josh, <laughs> What's James Josh. done here? Oh I've, boy. I've oh, got, well, let's leave James to the end then. So that sounds like that's the fun one. <laughs> I've gone fourteen thousand, Michael. One four. Fourteen thousand and James. Right. As a Crystal Palace fan, who's always been embarrassed by because our, our stadium was twenty six thousand, which I always oh, felt no. was on the low side. Oh no. Oh no. So I. So I've gone a bit less than that. I've gone Boundary Park. What was what was I thinking? I've gone twenty four thousand. Bloody twenty four thousand. Forget it. Forget it. Forget oh, it. You'd be in the top ten, I reckon, that season in the, with twenty four thousand. Okay, so your average answer is nineteen thousand. Oh, oh, forget it. Against Chris and Ivo's ten thousand five hundred, I can tell you the correct answer. The capacity for Boundary Park was. 13,512. Don't worry, James, there's a lot to play for yet. Oh, am I I on the receiving end of that speech already? (laughs) Question number three. Top goal scorer that season was the artist formerly known as Andy Cole. But how many did Andrew bag for Newcastle in the league that season? I know that. That's a great question. What are you going for, James? 10 or 50? <laughs> so this time round, we're going to start with you, please, Ivo. Well, I've written quite a high number, but actually, I suddenly think maybe it's not high enough. I think it was a really good season for him. I've gone twenty-eight. Great, twenty-eight for Ivo. Josh, just, your answer, just for please. listeners, James Gill's got his head in his hands. Oh already. my god, what's hey. he done now? Um, well, let's save him to the you end. Did say, you did say Dixie Dean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Josh, your answer, please. 34. I think he really banged them in. 34. Okay, Chris, your answer, please. I've gone 30. James. Oh, no. Boy from Horseworth Leeds, 34. <gasps> I suppose it is a bigger season then, isn't it? More more teams to play. 
let's pretend that yes, I was factoring that in. Well, we've both gone 34, so it hints that maybe that is the right answer because that's a number we've both. I don't know, man. I don't think it's that high. I'm sure it's not that high. Ivo and Chris, your average score for the total number of goals Andy Cole scored that season was 29. James and Josh, your average is obviously 34. I can tell you the correct answer was 34 goals. Oh, my God! Oh, man. Skull looks absolutely broken by that. I'm devastated there. I would describe that as a point against the run of play. (laughs) (laughs) I'd describe that as a sucker punch. That's fair. A needless goal just before half-time. It totally changes the, the team talk. Final question this round. Slight variation. Pens and papers at the ready, please. Finally... And incredibly, those 34 goals were not enough for Andrew to be selected in the PFA Team of the Year. I would like you to individually and privately write down who you think the PFA Team of the Season was that year or who were in it. For each answer a member of your team gets correct, you will receive one point each. If both players correctly identify the player you will receive an extra bonus point. And to give you some help, I can offer the following clues. The team selected was a 4-3-3 formation and contained players from the following clubs. There were four Manchester United players, three Blackburn Rovers players, two Leeds United players, one Arsenal and one Newcastle. If I can name two players who played for Leeds in that season, I'll be very pleased with Yeah, myself. I know. I'm really struggling with those two Leeds players. While the teams work out their answers, here's a little montage of Mr Andrew Cole scoring some of his finest goals. PFA team of the year for that season. We're going to start with the goalkeeper. Should we just shout out if we've got them then? Yeah. The goalkeeper was from Blackburn Rovers. Oh, oh, oh no. Mr. Tim Flowers. Yes. Oh, well done, Gil. This Thanks. is going to stitch me up. At right back from Leeds United, oh, Mr. No. Gary Kelly. Oh, no. I'm trying to think of his name. I can... There goes my arsenal oh, as well. Yeah. Absolute shambolic start. At centre back from Manchester United. Mr. Gary Pallister. Yes, I got that one. That's a point for me. The other centre-back from Arsenal, Mr. Tony Adams. Yes. Yes. A left-back 
from Manchester United. Yes. Oh, no. Mr. Dennis Irwin. Yes. yes. Oh, got Irwin at right back. You've got him in the team. He's in the team, so it's allowed. You get your bonus point as well, your team. In midfield, three-man midfield. First up of Manchester United, Mr. Paul Lintz. Yes. Oh, yes. For crying out loud. Alongside him of Leeds United, Mr. Gary McAllister. <laughs> Oh, Stop no. it! And completing the three in midfield of Blackburn Rovers, friend of the show, Mr. David Batty. Yes. Oh, James. Oh. Up front of Blackburn Rovers, Mr. Alan Shearer. Yes. yes. Did you get that, Gil? Did. Did you get it, Ivo? I did. Alongside him, from Manchester United, Mr. Eric Cantona. Yes. 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 Got that. And then completing the eleven. And you'd imagine keeping out his teammate, Mr. Andy Cole from Newcastle, Mr. Peter Beardsley. Oh, what? I skewed my whole team by thinking Shearer had already gone to Newcastle. He went. He went a couple of years later, didn't he? Yeah. Oh. I'm, I'm the, surely the only one who went with a three-man midfield of Tim Sherwood, Stuart Ripley, and David Hopkin. Who <laughs> 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 hadn't even gone to Leeds by that point. Okay, that's the end of that round. Time for round two. So the next round is a familiar favourite, starting 11. In this round, I will give you a classic football match from the 90s. Each team will then take it in turn to name a player from either side who appeared in that game. Yes. If at any point you name a player who did not appear during the match, you are eliminated. And that includes both used and unused substitutes. The game in question is from the 1998-99 season and features the biggest away win of that season, Manchester United's 8-1 victory over Nottingham Forest. Ivo... Would you like to kick things off, please? Friend of the show, Steve Bruce. Oh. Too late. What? Incorrect. I think it's too late. Oh, no. <laughs> it's gone. What? Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Golden Duck. Wow. That's disappointing. James, you're next, please. Uh, Dwight York. Correct. Chris. Hang on, hang on. Sorry. I, I, this is right. This is a bit, a bit pathetic from me. I thought this game was in ninety three, ninety four. Oh, oh, come oh. on, mate. I'm sorry. I didn't really listen. I just was. <laughs> my head's been in ninety three, ninety four because oh. all of the questions were about that so far. I, I mean, oh. I even said this is the ninety eight, ninety nine season. Uh, I'm very happy to step out of the quiz, but I would like to make it clear that um, I know that Steve Bruce had left Man United <laughs> by nineteen ninety eight. I am happy to allow Ivo. No, in. no, no, no. Yeah, I, I am. I am. I it don't want to win fun. in these circumstances. Knowing Ivo as we do, he is a man of unimpeachable character, and I, and I believe that his mind was in the ninety-three, ninety-four season. So I'm, I'm happy to let him pick again okay. with this new knowledge, Ivo. I was, I was, even though I, I got a golden duck in the quiz, I heard James say Dwight York, and for a second I thought, well, he's embarrassed himself there. <laughs> <laughs> barely, at, barely at Villa in nineteen ninety-three. Okay, Ivo, your turn. Uh, Pierre van Hoydonk. Oh, that was my ace card on my sleeve. Correct. I'd like to go with Peter Schmeichel, please. Correct. Scott Gemmel. Oh, God. What a needless gamble that was. Why, it's not that needless. astonishingly needless gamble that is. No. Early doors. Correct. Oh, it's not that mental. Showboating from the (laughs) off. Gary Neville. Correct. Dennis Irwin. 
incorrect. Oh. Oh. So, Chris, your turn. Mr. Steve Chettle. Wow. This is insane. Is it? Incorrect. Oh, shit. Surely. There he is. Icarus flying too close to the sun. <laughs> Josh. Giggs. Ryan. Giggs. Incorrect. Wow. An astonishing situation where Ivo's now one. It leaves a sour taste, doesn't it? <laughs> that leaves a very sour taste in the mouth as Ivo wins the... Wow. Wow. Oh. This is something for Gary and the boys to talk about back in the studio. Can I say Colin Calderwood just to see if it was right? It was incorrect. Well, there we as go. If, as, if, as if it isn't a painful enough victory as it is, wow. he's managed to finish <laughs> with an incorrect answer as well. The rules are the rules. We, we all played the Absolutely game as we... Rules. Tell the referee, he's just cost me my job. <laughs> <laughs> okay, time for the next round. When the seagulls follow the trawler, it's because they think sardines will be thrown into the sea. Thank you. Now, this one is all about footballer names, sign-offs, in tribute to Chris's now-iconic Robbie Slater, See You Later. Here's how it works. Listeners have been sending in their suggestions on variations on that sign-off. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a variation on that farewell sign-off. You need to give me the name of the footballer that goes with it. One point for each correct answer, and I may also give a point for a good answer that the listener has not included but does match okay so there's eight here chris you go first i want you to pick a number between one and eight i'll give you the language sign off i want you to give me the player that goes with it eight number eight is have a good day can't stop thinking have a good day James May have a good day David May correct yes can I just say Chris that was bloody good <laughs> I thought that was hard no seriously I was, I was in my head I was thinking Lucas Radebay Lucas <laughs> okay uh, Josh pick a number between one and one. eight number one okay toodaloo <laughs> toodaloo F and a cocoa. Uh, can I, can I have a guess? Yeah, that's not you right. can have a guess. Toodaloo, P and Luvu. <laughs> just wanted to say. Both. <laughs> not, not great answers. Uh, no, I wouldn't give any bonus. <laughs> I think ph- phonetically sl- you're fudging it slightly. To yeah, get I don't think it's the line. <laughs> the answer given by our listener is uh, Toodaloo... Philippe Cocu. Oh, that doesn't really much that really works. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Uh, Ivo, you're up next, please. A number between two and seven. Two. Okay, number two. Ta-ta for now. Raymond van der Howe. Oh, oh it's good. wow. That's, it's doing the points. That's very good. It's not what they've got, but I'm giving you a point for that. The answer they had given was, ta-ta for now, Ken Moncow. Oh, Ken Moncow, yeah. But Ivo gets a point for Raymond van der Howe. James, number between three and seven, please. Four. Sealed with a kiss. 
That's <laughs> a good one as well. Right, I want to say Matt Latisse, but I know that's not his name. That's what I was going to say. No, no, yeah. no, I've got another guess, if that's not right. Go on, Scott. Mark Fish. Hang on a minute. No, so I'm lucky with Matt Latisse, apparently. <laughs> I think neither of those are good enough. Neither of those are good enough. The correct answer is sealed with a kiss, Andre Kanchelskis. Fuck off. That's crap. Oh, that's, that is... That's oh, weak. No, no, no. <laughs> I guess it's not rhyme. It's the same word. It's same rhyme. noise. Chris, your next numbers three, five, six, and seven remain. Uh, three, please. Cheerio. Oh, is that it? Oh, man. Cheerio. Cheerio. Uh, something to get into no. <laughs> Good work, Scott. Yeah. <laughs> Just thinking it through. I, I know Cheerio. it. Cheerio. Cheerio. Tony, your bow. <laughs> Michael, uh, James, please. James, go on for the steal. Tori Andre Flo. Oh, that's too early. early. Is good. it? It's good, but it's not correct. And unfortunately, oh. unfortunately, I can't give you a point because you were trying to steal. The correct answer was had had that been your round, I would have let you steal. The correct answer was Cheerio, Graham Lasso. Oh. Oh. Very good. Very good. What was that after six attempts they've got one? Well done. Well done, listeners. <laughs> uh, Josh, you're next. Five, six, or seven? Uh six. Number six, got to go. Uh Well, uh, can I have Tor Andre Flow? Because that's good enough. Or I could have Jostein flow as well. Tricky now, because someone else gave that answer and you've stolen it for a steal. However, was it your teammate that said Torian? Yeah, it was. It was, James. Yeah. Then, I, then I think collectively I can give you the bonus point for that. Right. The correct answer was got to go, Janinio. Uh, uh, bloody hell. Ivo, number five or number seven, please? Five, please. Number five. Back in a jiff. Yeah, I mean, I'm... I'm, I'm... Struggling to get anyone with this with that, that rhymes. Sorry. Uh, That's a tough um, one. Think of a, like a marine-based surname, maybe. Oh, Mark Fish. It works. Better some of the shit he's coming out with. Um, yes, I've got nothing for this one, I'm afraid, Michael. The correct answer was back in a jiff. Andy Hinchcliffe. Oh, oh yeah, is, yeah. That is appalling. And final one, number seven. Yes. Au revoir. Oh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. David Ginola. Of course it is. The correct answer, and the clue was also in the uh, the number of number seven. Cantona. Au revoir, Cantona. Okay, time for the next round. It's the first 90s football mastermind. Each player will get 90 seconds to answer 10 questions on their chosen specialist subject. One point for each correct answer. First up in the spotlight is James, who has chosen the seminal 90s documentary Graham Taylor, An Impossible Job, as his mastermind subject. James, your time starts now. On what date was the programme originally broadcast? Uh... 4th of June, 1994. 24th of Jan, 1994. Fucking Taylor's Taylor's iconic touchline performances included the quotes, do I not like that, do I not like that, and can we not knock it, during an away game against which opponents? Uh, Norway. Poland. 
Who who were Taylor's two assistants during the film? Uh, Laurie McMenemy, Phil Neal. Correct. How did the film crew sneak their cameras and equipment into the stadium for the infamous Holland match? Uh, posing as members of the press. Incorrect. They uh, hid it in the kit bags. Who directed the film? No idea. Gary Bodgkins. Ken McGill. <laughs> Which journalist makes a cameo appearance in the film? Uh, Rob Shepard. Yes. Correct. During the Holland match, there are a series of controversial decisions which lead to Taylor's iconic, I'm just saying to your colleague, the referee has got me the sack. Thank him ever so much for that, won't you? Speech to the linesman. But can you name either the referee or the linesman from that game? Um, Oscar Schmidt. Uh, Carl Joseph Assenmacher or Marcus Merck. <laughs> Oscar Schmidt is That's so hard. Great, I guess. Like, who does, ta- who does <laughs> Taylor <Oscar> visit? Schmidt. <laughs> Who does Taylor visit on camera to tell him he has been stripped of the captaincy? David Platt. Correct. And who has he chosen as his replacement? Stuart Pearce. Correct. And finally, after how many seconds did England concede against Minnows San Marino? 13. Eight seconds. Congratulations, James. You scored four points. Up next in the hot seat is Mr. Ivo Graham. Yes. Who has chosen as his subject Swindon Town 1993-94 season. Your time starts now. Swindon famously conceded 100 goals that season, but how many did they score? Um, 45. 43. And who was a top goal scorer with 13 in all competitions? Jan Arga Fjortoft. Correct. All after the new year. How many games into the season was it before Swindon chalked up their first win of the campaign? Oh, it was record-breaking at the time, although it's since been surpassed multiple times, most recently by Sheffield United. I think it was 13. It was 17. Swindon's first ever top-flight victory came on the 24th of November 1993, when a Keith Scott goal gave them a 1-0 home win over which opposition? QPR did the double. Correct. Who was their manager that season, having replaced Glenn Hoddle when he left for Chelsea? John Gorman. Correct. Which 90s cult figure was their first-choice goalkeeper that season? Fraser Digby. Correct. To the nearest thousand, what was the average home league attendance that season? 15,000. Correct. 15,274. In which round of both the FA and League Cup were they knocked out? Third. Correct. Which club legend made the most appearances that season? Sean Taylor. Correct. In total, how many games did they win that season? Five. Correct. And finally, John Gorman spoke of his hope that Swindon would soon return to the Premiership, saying Swindon wouldn't be in Division 1 for long. What happened to Swindon that following season? They were, they were relegated again. <laughs> Correct. That's a particularly mean-spirited question at this time of year you scored an impressive eight very out of good. 10. good well if well if this is the final round maybe i could break the tension here with a little more from peter reed's interview oh yeah go so, on. some evidence here uh, that supports james gill's assertion that he's really funny who is your best friend peter reed richard pryor <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, he could be in there because Pete Reed says, I have too many to mention. 
Oh. Yes. Uh, but here's, here's a good one. If Peter Reed had one wish, what would it be? Selena Scott's bathing on a desert island, and I'm there, but she doesn't know I'm there. <laughs> 30 years, fixed rate. <laughs> To get back to £40, Manchester City's assistant manager, Mick Heaton, owes me. One wish. Yes. Okay, next mastermind. Josh, you are in the hot seat. And your mastermind subject is the life and career of Peter Shilton. Your time starts now. In what year was Peter Shilton born? Uh, he was born in 1949. Correct. In total, how many club appearances did he make? 1,112. 1,005. How many England caps did he get? 126. 125. Oh. In what year did he make his England debut? 72. 1970. Oh. At which two clubs did he start and end his career? He started his career at uh, Leicester. Yep. And he ended his career at Leighton Orient. Correct. Shilton joined Stoke City in November 1974 for a world record for a goalkeeper at that time. How much was the fee? £70,000. £325,000. Shilton's 100th cap was against the Netherlands. Which striker put a hat-trick past him? Van Basten. Correct. How many times has Peter Shilton won the FA Cup? Zero. Correct. How tall is Peter Shilton? 6'1". Six, Six foot. And finally, how many penalties did he save at Italia 90? Zero. Correct. <laughs> Josh, you scored five points. Happy with that. Finally, Chris, you're in the Mastermind hot seat and you have chosen for your subject the life and career of Robson and Jerome. <laughs> Stretching a bit with the life bit, I've not too... More the career. So heading into this final Mastermind round, I'm not going to give you the exact score... But I will tell you that Josh and James are just in the lead. Okay. Okay. They're just in the lead. So I reckon okay. if, we, if we get into the fives and above. Chris. Yes. Your time starts now. What are the full names, including middle names, of the duo? Uh, uh, Jerome Flynn and... I don't know. I don't know. Full names are Robson Golightly Green and Jerome Patrick Flynn. The fact he couldn't name Robson Green is a good sign. <laughs> <James. laughs> Question number two. The duo's musical catalogue was composed entirely of covers. Their version of Unchained Melody stayed at number one for seven weeks on the UK chart, becoming the best-selling single of 1995. But how many copies to the nearest 100,000 did it sell? 1.8 million. Correct. Wow, we. Question number three. The song was a double A side with which other song? Oh, um, White Cliffs of Dover. Correct. Can you name their two other number one singles? Um, what Becomes of the Broken Hearted? 
and uh, I believe. Correct. How much money did Simon Cowell offer them, oh, and yeah. they refused oh. to record a third album? Three million pounds. Correct. What was the name of their first album? Uh, is it just Robson and Jerome? It was correct. Yeah. What was the name of their second album? Take Two. Correct. Oh, this is. Robson Green was born in Hexham, Northumberland. But where was Jerome Flynn born? Uh, Newcastle. He was born in Bromley in Kent. Uh. Which famous producing team created the majority of their songs? Stock and Aitken. Yes. Stock Aitken Waterman, I'm afraid. Ah! And finally, what record does their third single hold? Um, it was a triple A single. The first, no, the only number one to feature a triple A, triple A side. Correct. Oh my word! It's the only single release is a triple A side to go to number one. Yeah. Very good. Congratulations, Chris! You scored on the life and times and career of Robson and Jerome. <laughs> An impressive seven out well of done, ten. Chris. That was really good. <laughs> and unfortunately, that is enough. Or fortunately, that is enough for. Yes. Chris and yes. Ivo to take the victory. Well done. Well done. And, you know, and guys, seriously, Ivo, Chris, don't dwell on the nature. <laughs> no, honestly, don't let that haunt your dreams the way you want it, because that's it's not... The listeners wouldn't want that, especially when they're trying to think of better things that rhyme. Just let's just move on. You, know, you deserved it. Well done. Well done. Well it's done. a beautiful victory. So all that's left to say is thank you to our guests today and our guests across the series. Chris, Ivo... It's your choice of which song you'd like to play out the series. What about, Ivo, the B-side from Unchained Melody, the number one for seven weeks, uh, The White Cliffs of Dover by yes. Robson and Jerome? That seems only appropriate. And The White Cliffs of Dover are exactly what we'll be seeing as me and you put on our invisibility cloaks and drift off to our desert island. Well, look, uh, can I just say something before we go? Um, Josh and I, we, we, the reason why we have to go now is because we've got tickets to see Peter Reed live. <laughs> In all seriousness, if, if I found out Peter Reed was playing the O2, I would go. The O2! Yeah. You'd be able to get tickets and tell you that before. <laughs> tell you what, mate. It'd be quite echoey in there. <laughs> so that's it for Series 9. A huge thank you to our guests, Phil Thompson, Caroline Barker, Ben Clark, Andreas Bramer, Tom Parry, Nick Hancock, James Gill and Matt Ford. We'll be back after a Christmas break. But if you want more Quickly Kevin, there's plenty more to be had over on our Patreon on the Quickly Kevin fan club. There's a whole series of episodes with Ivo Graham as we go through chapter by chapter the Steve Bruce classic Striker, plus a whole range of other exclusive episodes. To sign up, go over to patreon.com forward slash Quickly Kevin. That's it for this series. We'll see you after the Christmas break. Until then. Sealed with a kiss. Sealed with a kiss. Andre Kanchelskis. There'll be bluebirds over the white cliffs of Dover tomorrow. Just you wait and see. There'll be
This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side by side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today.